this is a true story and it's an awful story, which you'll understand in a moment. Charles Roberts, a local milk truck driver, pulled his pickup truck in front of the West Nichols Mine School, a one-room Amish schoolhouse, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Shortly after 11 a.m., he barricaded the doors. Roberts pulled out his gun and shot in the head 10 girls, ages 6 to 13, killing five of them before he committed suicide inside the schoolhouse. That's the awful part. Later that same day, members of the Amish community visited and comforted Robert's wife, Marie. 30 of them attended Robert's funeral, and the Amish community set up a charitable fund for the family of the shooter. Let that just soak in. The widow of uh, the shooter, Marie Roberts, wrote a letter to the Amish families. Here's what she said. Your love for our family has helped provide the healing we so desperately needed. Gifts you've given have touched our hearts in a way words cannot describe. Your compassion has reached beyond our family, beyond our community, and is changing our world. And for this, we sincerely thank you. This active, reaching out, forgiving, loving the family of the killer of their children is a living example of beatitude number seven. That's what we're going to look at today. The seventh beatitude, Matthew 5, 9. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called sons of God. Key idea, peace is something you got to work for. Peace doesn't just happen passively, accidentally. You never accidentally run into peace. You got to work for it. Stand with me, please, if you're able. Let's read out loud together to the challenge of making peace. Read with me. Here we go. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Let's pray together. Lord, we uh, just admit right now we live in a world where hatred and revenge and violence and war and ugly words are common. And Lord, it seems like we even expect it. So when we hear about forgiving and loving and helping those who've hurt us, who've harmed us, Lord, those words sounds strange. That story sounds strange. So help us today to learn how to make peace. Lord, show us what uh, shalom means. Show us, Lord, how we can start living peaceful lives and showing peace. 
Um, it's been a long week, Lord, and we just want to pause because if there's any barriers between us and you, anything preventing us from doing business with you, we, we just want to know about that. We don't want to just march on and pretend. So would you uh, make it clear? Convict us. Lord, we're ready to do the U-turn, so if there's anything your book and you call sin, Lord, we want to call it the same. So as you make anything we've done or, or looked at or anything we've thought or anything we, we've been a part of, Lord, that you call sin, we're not just going to lay there. We're going to do the U-turn, and we're going to run to you, Jesus, and we're going to call what you're making clear to us what you call it. That's sin. <laughs> and Lord, uh, we're asking that based on the shed blood of your son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, we want to draw on what he's already marked paid in full on our accounts. So we write that check of confession. It's sin. Lord, wash, cleanse, tear down any walls, any barriers between us and you. Lord, we want to be in right relationship with you even right now. And we praise you for your cleansing blood. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one peace-filled voice. You can be seated. Peace is shalom. You've probably heard that word before. Shalom literally means wholeness and overall well-being. It doesn't mean there's no trouble in your life. So shalom is possible and available even when things are wild and crazy in your life. Peacemaker, uh, blessed are the peacemakers, um, is not focused on personality. So we're not talking about a peaceful person or personality. Peacemaker is an action. Does that make sense? So it's, it's peacemaking is not a type of personality. Peacemaking is literally an action. The, the peacemaker is a fighter for peace. Um, He's willing to make waves, willing to risk trouble to see peace occur, okay? Peace doesn't just happen, we make peace. Does that make sense? Get that in your head. We wage peace. Normally we say we wage war. I would argue Jesus is telling us here, no, don't wage war, wage peace. Peace doesn't just happen passively, we must wage peace peace purposefully. Make sense? We have to be ready to wage peace purposefully. Uh, a peacemaker is not a doormat. Give me your eyes. Because some of you are thinking, oh, that just means uh, you're, you're a yes man, you're a yes woman. Anything anybody ever demands of you, um, okay, just walk all over me. That's not what we're talking about here today, okay? A biblical peacemaker is not an appeaser, is not an enabler, not someone who pretends, oh, emperor, you look so good today, when actually the emperor's buck naked, right? There, there was the whole town, and oh yeah, emperor, you look great. That's not 
a biblical peacemaker. Biblical shalom is someone who's willing to make waves. Biblical peace is someone who's willing to risk trouble, risk being misunderstood. Why? They're committed to seeing peace happen, peace occur in a situation, in a relationship. Peacemakers risk apologizing. Peacemakers are willing to risk being rebuked. Uh, Peacemakers are risk challenging someone who needs to be challenged. Do you understand? That's peacemaking. Willing to risk it all, resist the urge to let it go and let it slide. See, a lot of us, we're pretty good. We see trouble here, potential trouble, potential upsetness. Uh, I think I'm going to ignore that and hope it might go away. I won't ask you for a hand, but some of us, our motto is ignore it and it might go away. That's not biblical peacemaking. It's not ignoring and hoping it goes away. Ezekiel 13 and verse 10, we're told not to act like everything is well. Peace, peace. And then the truth is there is no peace. Ezekiel 13, 10. Here's how Pastor Kent Hughes explains it. The peacemaker is a fighter, a fighter for peace, willing to make waves, willing to risk trouble, The peacemaker wages peace. That's the idea. It's active. It's ready to wage peace. So where does this peace come from that we're talking about? What's the source of biblical shalom? Uh, Isaiah 9 and verse 6 tells us that Jesus is called the prince of, any guesses? Prince of Peace, right? Luke 2, verse 14, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. In other words, he's given us this amazing gift. He's the Prince of Peace. Colossians 1, verse 20, Jesus made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. By means of Christ's blood on the cross. Romans 5.1, therefore, uh, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Our God is a peace-loving God and a peacemaking God. Did you catch that? Our God, the God of the Bible, is a peace-loving God and a peacemaking God, and he proves it. By making peace with us, how? How did God make peace with us? It's the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. That's how he's waged peace with us. The fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, is peace. And we as followers of King Jesus, as we abide and connect and allow Jesus to take charge, the fruit of the Spirit is peace, okay? I say all that to say this. Jesus Christ is the sole giver, the sole source of biblical peace, okay? So where does it come from? The only source of peace on earth is Jesus Christ. John 14, 27. 
Jesus tells us, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. Peacemaker is ready to fight for peace. Don't those words sound strange to put together? Peacemaker is ready to fight, ready to rumble in order to see peace happen. Uh, ready to do whatever it takes to wage peace. Peace doesn't just happen passively. You're not ever going to just say, oh well, nothing we can do. Peace doesn't break out when we're just relaxing passively. Peace is active. We must wage peace purposefully. Now, how on earth does this happen? That, that would be the question I'd be asking. Okay, uh, we got to be active. We got to do stuff. We got to be ready to, to risk a lot to make peace. What exactly, uh, how exactly do we wage peace? Okay, here we go. Here's four steps. If you're taking notes, here we go. Uh, first, we grow up and learn to speak truth with love. We grow up and we learn to speak truth with love. Ephesians 4.15, instead, we'll speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Peacemaking is not a license to kill people with your words. Does that make sense? In other words, oh, I'm going to be a peacemaker, so I go and I speak truth, and, and I just wipe people out with harsh, blunt unloving words. That's not peace, okay? We, it's not a license to kill. Uh, part of growing and maturing in Christ is learning to speak truth and match it, couple it, even when it's hard, even when it's difficult, even when it's challenging with loving words. So if, if it's all truth, I'm sorry, and you got no love, that's just mean and vengeful. And if it's all love and there's no truth, that's just mushy, right, right, Henry? It, it, it's, it's, it's ugly. But you put them together, it's a powerful. And he says here, you got to grow up to learn to couple truth and love, okay? Lord, help me to, to put these two together in your strength and make peace. How do you do that? With loving but truthful words, uh, kind, gentle words filled with wisdom and consideration. It's a little bit like Thumper, okay? If you can't say something nice, what does Thumper say? Just don't say nothing at all, okay? If you can't put some love with it, just be quiet, okay? Second step, how on earth do you wage peace? You need to be willing to take a risk and be rejected and be misunderstood. Where do you get that from? Romans 12, 18 says this. Uh, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Okay? Do all that you can to live at peace with who? Well, that's, that's pretty broad. That, that, that's encompassing. This verse is concise and comprehensive. You want to put that back up, Dan, if you can? Because I want, I want you to see that it's perfect for peacemaking novices like me. Okay? 
for peacemaking dummies like Jeff. Okay, so he, here's what Paul is a perfect realist here. He said he's telling us peace is not always possible. You know, he, he says uh, peacemakers are not always peace achievers. So we go seeking to wage peace, but understand it's not always going to work. So, so you need to be a realist. Peacemaking is proactive as far as it depends on you, on me, okay? I'm going to take the initiative. I'm ready to go and pursue peace. But the, here's the truth. And I'll just be honest. I've done this, I'll say a hundred times, but probably a thousand. You go, you apologize, you explain, you attempt to make peace, and it's rejected, okay? Uh, we, we come bringing love and peace, and our attempts at making peace, uh, no thanks, I'm not interested in having peace with you, I'm still mad at you, I'm still mad at this situation, no thank you. Here's the truth, we cannot force peace. You can't force peace. You can't force somebody to forgive. You can't force somebody to seek forgiveness. You can't force uh, peace, but you can pursue it. And we're, set, we're told here, Romans 12, to, as far as it depends on you, try to make peace with everybody. Here's the, th the third way we wage peace. You got to know ahead of time, biblical peacemaking is expensive. It's expensive. What do you mean? Well, it's going to cost us. It's going to cost us time and energy and sleep and sometimes even money, depending on the situation. Ephesians 4, verse 3, here's what it says. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Make every, what does it say? It's going to be effort. It's going to, it's going to be uh, Hebrews 12, 14 actually says it. He says, work at living in peace with everyone. Really? Work at it. It's going to take effort. It's going to take work. Peace takes time and energy and effort when we wage peace. Okay. So let's just Set back for a moment and think this through. We live in, in, in a fallen, selfish, sinful world. And this side of heaven, I still possess an old sinful nature. And so do you. Uh, and we still say and do things that are mean and selfish and proud and hurtful to those around us. Usually the ones we say we love the most. We do and say foolish, hurtful, proud, mean, ornery things, okay? And we're, so that's a reality. And then all around us, Cindy, we've got people um, saying and doing stuff that's just as mean and harsh and blunt and selfish. And it cuts us to the core and it wounds us and, and it's overwhelming um, so now we've got this crossroads. You ready? Here it is. Um, some people would say that's just the way life is. Suck it up, buttercup. Uh, we live in a dog-eat-dog -dog world. 
fight fire with fire. You got to grow some scales, adjust to the hostility and resentment and ugliness of life. You're going to have to just get in the game and fight and be mean. That's the world we live in. So that's an option. Okay, just just get. Uh, I, I suppose another option is just try to try to hide in the corner. And, and just be passive and avoid as much fire as you can. That's probably where some of us uh, live most of the time. I, I'm trying not to be mean like the rest of the world and harsh and blunt. Uh, I'm just trying to survive. Or, go back to Matthew 5, 9. Or move in the strength and power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And take the time and the energy to wage peace. I, I would argue that's what Jesus is saying here to us today. That's, that's Jesus saying, here's how I want my kids to live. Here's how I want you to behave. Okay? Fourth, to be a biblical peacemaker, we're going to need the wisdom, the insight of Jesus to wage peace. Okay? We, we are going to need the mind of Jesus Christ in order to wage peace. James 3, verses 17 and 18. And those who are peacemakers, I think this is interesting, will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. And those who are peacemakers, peace wagers, uh, will plant seeds of peace. Can you just get that picture? And then you're going to reap a harvest of righteousness. Okay. Let, let, me, let me give you a little illustration. Track with me, please. Um, Jesus, I've got this sticky situation going on with Pastor Chad. Pause. There's nothing between Chad and I. This is an illustration, okay? Okay? <laughs> Because every time I do this, I go, what's your deal with Pastor Chad? I don't have a deal. This is an illustration. Okay. So, Jesus, I've got this situation with Pastor Chad, and there's this trouble, there's this difficulty between us. James 1.5. So, Jesus, right now I'm asking for your wisdom in dealing with this matter. Lord, help me to tune into you. I need, to, I need your thoughts. I need your mind. I need you to show me how can I be considerate and full of kindness, but also uh, not pretend everything's okay. Help me to be honest and real so I can wage some peace in getting this situation taken care of. Okay, Help me, Jesus, be a peacemaker. Help me to sow seeds of peace because I hope to harvest some peace between Pastor Chad and I. Okay? When I know I must go wage peace with Pastor Chad, I'm asking for two things. Lord, would you give me the right words? What are the right words consisting of? Love and truth. So, Lord, I, I need you to fill my heart, my mind, my mouth with words that are truthful. But, Lord, also show me how I can say this with love and kindness and consideration. Okay, that's the first step. Lord, give me the right words. 
And second step is, Lord, give me the right attitude and heart towards Pastor Chad. Because right now I'm thinking he's a real jerk. Because you, you wouldn't believe what he did here and what he said and what's going on. And now I've got this heart that's all stirred up and I'm angry and I'm upset. So Lord, I need you to give me the right heart and attitude toward him. Remove the hostility, remove the anger, oh yeah, and remove the pride in me. Okay? So, give me the right words, give me the right attitude. And here's, here's the truth, when I've got the right words towards Pastor Chad, Jesus has made it clear, here's how you speak the truth with love. And now, I've got the right heart towards Pastor Chad and the anger is gone, and Lord, now I'm feeling good toward him. Are you ready? Now I'm ready to go. That, that's the sign. I've got the right words, and I've got the right heart. Now I'm ready to go and wage peace and be a peacemaker. And what's the promise? Go back to Matthew 5 and verse 9. I like the promise here. God blesses those who work for peace. You said, well, that sounds like a lot of work. You're right, it is. To be a peacemaker is a lot of work. But look what the promise is, for they will be called sons of God. That's kind of cool. Jesus says, I declare that you're living like you belong to me when you actively wage peace. I'm here to tell you, when you behave that way, you're acting just like me. It looks to the world like you belong to me. So the watching world, and did you know they're watching us? Did you know that, Ron? They're watching us like hawks. Uh, and, and they're going to sit up and take notice. They recognize that when we who belong to Jesus are practicing and living out making peace, with the people around us and we're active and we're not doormats but we're loving them with the love of Christ and bringing truth mixed with love with the right attitude I'm telling you what people notice that we belong to our God they, they, they pay attention wow don't see that mostly they see people angry and retaliating and taking revenge and saying awful things back, fighting fire with fire, or they see us over hiding in the corner. But I'm telling you, when we, we do it God's way, when we, when we follow the lead, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called, called by Jesus first and foremost. But I want you to know, you'll be known by others, many even who don't know Jesus, will be called sons of God. Peace doesn't happen passively. We must wage peace purposefully, actively, ready to go, ready to risk. In his biography of D.L. Moody, Moody Bible Institute, Moody Church, uh, entitled A Passion for Souls, he writes early in his ministry in Chicago, the religious community often referred to Moody as Crazy Moody. <laughs> there goes Crazy Moody again. And they often looked down on him, shunned him, made fun of him, 
laughed at him, not always behind his back. A large, well-known church invited Moody to speak at a Sunday school workers' meeting. When Moody had finished speaking, imagine now, I, I finished speaking, the pastor of the church took the podium and proceeded to criticize Moody. He began to make fun of his message, saying it was poorly organized, his English was grammatically incorrect, and his content was nothing but a bunch of newspaper articles and other garbage. He actually said that right after Moody finished speaking. Here's my question. If you were Mr. Moody, you're sitting there, you give it your all, and now the pastor of the church says that, how would you respond? What, what would you do? Would you sit there crushed and humiliated, frozen in pain, considering running for the door and never coming back? Or would you have jumped to your feet and verbally begun defending yourself? Uh, tell the pastor, you are one rude minister. How dare you treat your invited guest in this awful way? Okay, so you can run, you can defend yourself. Um, I think I would have been thinking the third at one point in my life. I would have been tempted to get up and pummel this guy with my fist. Or, th this, is, this is a little more passive, or in the coming months, everywhere I go, I'm going to destroy this man with my words. I will ruin his reputation everywhere I go, and I'm going all over, and I will tell everybody what an awful person this is. Here's actually what Mr. Moody did, okay? This, this is uh, almost word for word. He, Mr. Moody, went, when he finished criticizing and making fun of him, Mr. Moody stepped to the podium and said to everyone, I recognize my want of learning and my inability to make a fine address. He thanked the minister for pointing out his shortcomings, and then Mr. Moody asked him to lead in prayer that God would help him to do better the next time. <laughs> so he says, you're right. I'm not a very good speaker. Thank you for pointing that out. Would you pray for me right now? Pray that next time I'll do better. Peace doesn't just happen passively. We must wage peace purposefully. Matthew 5, 9 says it really well. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called sons of God. Bow your heads. Shut your eyes with me. And I'd just like you to pause for a moment and invite Jesus to take his word and apply it to your life. Lord, I'm listening. How does what we just talked about from your book, how does that relate to me? I'm listening.
Would you get specific now, Lord? How am I doing at being a peacemaker? I'm listening. If you talk to my family right now, would they, would they say, yeah, he, he or she, they're a peacemaker. What about the folks at work? Would they call you a peacemaker? School? Neighbors? Do the people who know you the best know you as a peacemaker? Willing to actively work at waging peace? And if you're coming up short here, <laughs> Lord, think so maybe you're fighting fire with fire if someone is harsh and mean and you're going to return fire or maybe you're hiding in the corner trying to stay out of it Lord would you show me what needs to change I'm listening It could be that the reason you're not a peacemaker is because you don't know the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, personally. Perhaps you're walking, watching online and you're saying, you know, this peace, I, 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 I don't even know what that means exactly. It's because peace, real peace, only comes from the giver and the source of peace, Jesus Christ. So for you to become a peacemaker, you need to say yes to the giver of peace, Jesus Christ, and invite him into your life. Right where you're at watching, right now you can say, Jesus, I want this peace that we talked about here today. Um, here are the facts. Jesus is the sinless lamb of God. He alone is able to take your place and mine on the cross. He shed his blood for my greatest problem, which is yours as well. We're sinners. He took our place in the tomb and early Sunday morning, he victoriously arose from the dead. He did that for me, he did that for you. Those are the facts. Now by faith, Jesus, I'm opening the door of my life I'm inviting you in, Prince of Peace. I, I need you in my life. I need you to take charge. I need you to save me, wash and cleanse me, make me one of your children. Lord, I want to pursue peace and be a peacemaker now that I belong to you. If you choose to make that decision, you can hit that prayer button. You got somebody privately will talk with you, will rejoice with you. We'll uh, give you some further instruction on how to get going on the journey. If you're here live today, make your way over to the prayer corner. We'll get you going in your journey as well. Lord, we live in a world filled with hate and anger and grudges and revenge and war.
sometimes, Lord, we just get used to it and assume that's how we're supposed to behave. Would you help us, Lord, starting even today to begin living out and practicing, waging peace? You've brought peace to our lives through the gift of Jesus and his shed blood on the cross. And Lord, help us to share that peace. Help us to begin actively waging peace in our families. I pray for shalom in our marriages. I pray for peace between children and parents. Lord, help us to be peacemakers on the job. Help us, Lord, to be peacemakers in school. Help us to be peacemakers in our neighborhoods. Lord, I pray that we would be peacemakers in your church with the family here today. We need you, Lord. None of this is possible without your son, Jesus, and his spirit working in and through us. So, Lord, we choose to do it your way. We want to be blessed. We want your stamp of approval on our lives as we wage peace. We want to be known as children of yours, first of all, by your son, but also by others who are watching us. We pray all of these things in the amazing and awesome name of the Prince of Peace. Jesus Christ. Amen.